0: This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun.
1: Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. It's Friday everybody. welcome back to the podcast. Happy Friday and I have to ask, did you see the new video on the original channel?
0: The new video's out. Mm-hmm.
1: It's our new show
0: car, our new build car.
1: Uh, I, yes,
0: I've never been as excited <laughs> about okay. a car. okay as I am with this one. You've got to go to our original channel and you will see the video.
1: It's the new build. Uh-huh look, I, I want to be cautious here. We're saying build. And maybe we're overstating, okay? Not maybe. We're but, totally but overstating. We are overstating. Because we're not a build channel is the key thing. <laughs> no. But but the reason we're calling it a build and the reason that that is a joke we're going to keep mining is because we're taking a car, spoiler alert, the brand new Prius, and we're seeing what it would take to make it fun. Like competitive. for For that world of lukewarm hatches that we really like, like the things that are just below the uh, the GR Corollas of the world that you might buy because you're an enthusiast instead of buying a Prius. Could you maybe buy the Prius and do some stuff to it and you're glad you bought the Prius instead? This is kind of what we're curious about and this came out of that video of the Elantra N versus the Prius to talk about is the current Prius fun? And many of you wrote us and were like, well, guys, you are given all these theories. Why didn't you try it? Well, because we had the car for two days. That's why we didn't try it. So now we have the car for months and we're going to try it.
0: Well, this is right in line with what we always talk about. When you're modding a car, the first mod is your driver upgrade. You get better as a driver. Then, second is tires. Third mm-hmm. is brakes. Mm-hmm. All those things could be applied to the Prius. Yep. So, let's go. Yep. We're constantly working on ourselves as drivers. Yes.
1: We'll never be good enough, but yes.
0: Let's go. <laughs> Put tires on a Prius because mm-hmm. we've done this with various cars, sports cars before yeah, yeah. and we're yeah. amazed by what's possible. The GT86 and the GR86 were great examples of those. When we put brand new tires on them, different tires, the cars come to life, they're mm-hmm. even better. And we kind of knew it was lurking deep within.
1: Yeah, yeah We're yeah. very
0: pleased by that. And so why can't we do the exact same thinking with the new Prius to really discover maybe there's some hot hatchness lurking inside the Prius.
1: There's another angle to this, and that is, this is us covering our bases. And I say that because we spend a lot of time showing how sports cars can be used as daily cars. Now we're doing the reverse. We're taking a (laughs) daily car and seeing if you use it like a sports car. This is the reverse equation. Can your daily be turned into the track? Wait, sports. Can you use it like a sports car? And I know some of them you can, and so that's part of this discussion, is taking the least likely candidate.
0: Which is funny. Which I
1: think is great it's fun. Funny. We had a lot of fun in that piece. Please watch it. Please give us your thoughts and questions. And that is hanging around for a few months. So we have some time to do stuff with it. We have uh, new friends at the tire company, Bredestein, who have put tires on the C8. Yep. And they're putting tires on the Prius so we can have many, many, many Very tire discussions. Very to be with those guys. They yes. aren't putting tires on the Lotus because like two companies in the world make tires for the Lotus and the car Three, is out right. of production. So it, it doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> but the, the C8 tires are really cool. The ones on the, the Prius will be a vast improvement over the 19s with, what are they, 195 width? 195, 15, 19s. I, I think they might be made of hockey puck material.
0: I think my mountain bike tires are wider. They,
1: they squeal so easily. It's, you'll, you'll watch us. Laugh about it in the piece, so watch that on our original <laughs> channel. It's a lot of fun. Hear that? Believe it or
0: not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you five dollars for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine you name it. Find out how to get your five dollar rebate
1: at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you.
0: Head to powerstop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy to use brake finder and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low dust, truly noise free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. PowerStop. Brake upgrades made easy. Our first debate comes to us from Jordan D. in central Kentucky, asking about the end of his ridgeline. Okay. Okay. Jordan, thank you for writing. He's a longtime listener and he's had a few questions featured on the podcast. He writes, but never a debate.
1: This is it, Jordan. This is the day, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Today's the day. He's having a difficult time deciding what to do with his current situation, so he calls us as the two best financial advisors (laughs) that he knows. That's scary. That's definitely us. I am worried. That's us, Jordan. Jordan. We are. You you should see it on my
1: business card. It says financial advisor. It it really, really doesn't. Yeah. uh The SEC (laughs)
0: might have a problem with unlicensed securities going to
1: park themselves at my doorstep (laughs) if I say these kind of things for sure yeah
0: well nevertheless we will forge ahead Jordan's current driveway includes his MOF's 2023 Sonata they love it because it does exactly what they bought it to do visiting family and taking road trips he's currently driving it on his 100 mile round trip daily commute and getting between 42 and 45 mpg consistently even if he's aggressive during the seven or eight miles where there's twisty turns this car is not up for debate They have nothing but good experiences with Hyundai sedans, and they like it. The one that is up for debate is the 2007 Honda Ridgeline with Mm. 150,000 miles on it. He never saw himself owning a Ridgeline, but he needed a truck for work to move stuff, pallets and propane tanks and tools and equipment between the multiple warehouses he was managing. And it was a COVID purchase. Mm. He said prices spiked, but he said it was half the cost of a comparable half ton with similar mileage. He wanted to pay cash for something, so this mm. checked all the boxes, and it's been an okay vehicle for its use case. Every truck, truck, he writes, should have a trunk just like this Honda.
1: So what I find we interesting. We agree. It's totally fantastic. agree. He said it was near mint when he purchased it. And what I find interesting about this is a lot of things. First off, this was the unloved uh, Ridgeline version. Okay, this was Cybertruck before the Cybertruck. Exactly, it was the Cybertruck styling, and everybody's like, "That's not a truck." And then the version comes out, of the, the Cybertruck, and he <laughs> goes, "That's the greatest thing ever." And exactly. I think there has to be a Honda engineer somewhere who was literally like beating his head against the wall, <laughs> exactly. going, "You've got to be the kidding me!" The entire design team is like, "Yes, really." They we're a decade early. We were way out in we front. Were, exactly. So, God. so anyway, this is the unloved version, and what I find interesting about that is the fact that when there's COVID spikes, that means that this thing didn't spike like every other truck out there. So he was able to get a deal. <laughs> It wasn't a
0: real truck, but the Cybertruck somehow is? Yeah.
1: So he got a deal on it and it's actually worked for everything that he needed. And you're right. The thing that I really like about the Ridgeline, it's Honda thinking about storage, which they're very, very good at. From their tiniest little Honda fit all the way up to their minivans and everything in between, they think a lot about storage. And so they took the truck idea and they figured out new ways to do storage, including a trunk in the floor of your truck. I want to be careful because those words are similar. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually works really well, and he's right. And the and things like the Santa Cruz have it too, but the Santa Cruz one is like a partial shelf or a glove box by comparison. The one in the Ridgeline is an actual trunk, and he's loved Super it. Super cool. However, it's been a while. He's driven it since then, and he said he's had it a few years, and he said, look, it was it was good, and it seemed pristine when he bought it, but since then, actually recently, power steering failed, He's done tires, timing belt, valve cover, uh, replaced the leaking axle, two catalytic converters. By the way, two catalytic converters. Other minor maintenance items. He's Are they spent, getting stolen? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't say that. <laughs> all in all, he spent about $4,000 in the last month chasing issues after the new steering was put in. And he still hasn't gotten it solved. So what he pretty much said is, you know what's happened? I'm over it. I'm over
0: it and imagine mm-hmm. why it's not like you're dumping money into your build or your classic sports car Or, or
1: it's sort of like or your dream car okay. the, or the thing you track yeah. or whatever it's just four thousand dollars with no real end in sight on something you bought as a tool That's the, the trick here. Yeah,
0: well, he we can't decide between replacing this with a half-ton some half-ton mm-hmm. Or whether he should keep this paid off Ridgeline for his work and hobbies when needed, usually only on weekends, he writes, only to buy a sports car daily to get him out of the Ridgeline to avoid seeing its pitfalls daily. So he is driving their Sonata, his wife's Sonata. Yes. To work. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have anything. It's it's kind of unclear to me that yeah. I don't believe she has anything. And if she has to go somewhere, maybe she works from home. She
1: has to drive the Ridgeline. Or she takes her car. Now he's dailying the Ridgeline. It's one of the two because he prefers he's to be dailies, in the Sonata. Yeah, one and, of the two. Yeah. But he likes driving the Sonata. Mm-hmm. I'm having this with our old Cayenne, okay? There's stuff on our old Cayenne that if it was our daily, I would probably spend money and fix it. You'd put the money in, yeah. But since I drive mm-hmm. it to haul muddy dogs and muddy bikes and that kind of stuff, I don't care. Think of other muddy things. Exactly. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about if the Ridgeline isn't working perfectly, which is what he's kind of chasing right now to no avail. If it's not working perfectly, but I drive it occasionally to haul something or to get muddy on the weekends, then it doesn't bother him. If he's got a daily he enjoys. (laughs) But right now he wants to get out of it into the Sonata, which means his wife can't drive the Sonata. So now he is forced in the Ridgeline on days she needs it. So we see how all this works. Hmm, what, I like do we do? what do we mud do? Mud is always part of this
0: recipe here. Wet, yes. muddy, and nasty stuff. We've you got, know it. We've got to consider the mud, mm-hmm. the vast quantities of mud in our lives <laughs> that influence our car decisions. But Jordan, this truck is still going to ask for dollars from your bank account, whether or not you're driving it. If it sits and you only drive it on weekends, it will need stuff. If you drive it daily, it will need stuff. Probably. It'll just be sooner rather than later, but still. I see you getting rid of this because you're over it. You've written mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. first of all. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first yeah, yeah. step towards admitting you've got a problem is write to us and I'm ready. I'm over my truck. I'm ready for something else, which I like because it worked for you for the the mindset and headspace and the mm-hmm. need that you had it for COVID. But now clearly you don't need it except further on in your email. You said, well, I, I do need some towing capacity of at least 5,000 pounds for boats and equipment. Mm-hmm. And because Jordan, your budget is thirty-five thousand dollars max, you'd yep. like to be thirty k or under. That means Santa Cruz's and Mavericks are right out. Yep. He wants to haul mud, things that are muddy, but things that are muddy. Yeah, more, for sure. More mud. We're just going to haul mud in, in there. Yeah. So yeah. he said even an SUV wouldn't be suitable. I understand, but then you're talking out of the other side of your mouth here about wanting a sports car, a sports car daily. You, mm-hmm. you admitted to still, I still need towing, yeah. five thousand pounds at least. Yeah but I still want a sports car. So I'm trying to extrapolate, which is it? Which is, I know what your desires are, but mm. what's your, your need? Because you said boats and equipment, that need isn't leaving your life just because you get rid of the ridgeline.
1: I think I I really I lean on the fact that Jordan's thinking about keeping the bridge line here and I'm, I'm counting on that in my equation because what I'm expecting here is he only uses it when he has to and therefore the issues with it are not a constant reminder. Because now it's doing a task that it, it doesn't work perfectly. I don't want to daily this, but it's doing the task I need it to do right now and it's surviving and so great. I'll tow the thing with it and that's not working. And why is the steering still a little off? But whatever, because we towed the boat to the lake or whatever we need to do. Because I didn't put enough money in it. That's why it's but, off. But that's fine. It, it may sit that <laughs> way forever. And I'm kind of counting on that in my equation. I see where Jordan is, but this is a difficult reality. You're thinking he should keep the Ridgeline. I I see why he's keeping it. And the problem is I can't make, because I have a sniper shot. I haven't done that in a while. I have a car for Jordan. If he keeps that Ridgeline, his wife likes the Sonata. The Ridgeline becomes the full-on just work truck when necessary. I have a sniper shot for his daily. Really? yes. Haven't done that in a while. Are you spending all of his budget to do so? Oh, yes, I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. All
0: All right. Well, Jordan... He says he thinks that we'll understand his dilemma. We do. Mm -hmm. His car history includes an 08 Nissan 350Z manual. A uh, 94 and an 04 Mazda Miata, manual. Like it. Infinity G37 Mustang Cobra from 1997. An 03 Mitsubishi Eclipse, manual. And a Ford Fiesta ST, also manual. So you you clearly done the sports car thing. You want something back mm-hmm. in your life. That's very obvious. And that's, You're that's just trying a- to drive the Sonata too hard to get the sports car experience.
1: <laughs> yes. The Sonata's not responding uh-huh. like you want, even though it's good. Yep, we get it. And that's a, that's a lot of a lot of range of stuff and you said that's not even everything. And what I also find interesting is you've given us some parameters that really guided me. You said you're 63220, so small cars are out. You'd highly prefer a manual unless there's something so good it doesn't matter. You said there's not a lot of shops anywhere near you could work on a high-performance specialty foreign car. So if we wind up suggesting (laughs) that, that would be something you're going to have to go digging for. And you said you're also a V8 guy and prefer naturally aspirated stuff. All of these were factors. I'm fascinated, and I think I have just solved it.
0: Without further ado, then, let's hear
1: it. Because, look, Jordan, I'll give you the alts right away. Yes, you could get a GR86. You could get a brand new one for your budget. You could be done. Okay, it does a lot of what you're wanting to do. You could get a used Boxster, but now are you going to get it serviced and are you concerned about the Boxster mm-hmm, and what's it mm-hmm. going to cost you? Same thing with the BMW Z4. All of these work. But ultimately, Jordan, you've told me you're a big guy who wants a manual, GT-style car that's fun to drive, V8 naturally aspirated, you've got thirty to $35,000 to spend, and you don't want to find a specialty performance mechanic Corvette. Corvette's Corvette on my list. C6 yeah. or Corvette C7 and be happy. Now, C6 is all day long with your budget. I dug into Auto Tempest and I found lots and lots of C6s, including Grand Sports, which is probably the right one, in C6 form. You would love that as a daily car. And then C7s are also in your budget if you shop nationwide and you look for stuff that's a little bit higher mileage. I was seeing everything that was a C7 in this price point was over about 65, 70, 70,000 miles, which isn't terrible, but that's the kind of mileage we're talking about to get into the, to the C7 model. I was also only looking at manual. Mm-hmm. So this is mm-hmm. checking every box you're talking about, and you're done. Once I landed there, I was like, I, I'm just backing away. Sniper shots happened. Well, that's very exciting. I love that
0: idea. And Jordan, the Corvette is on my list. I went further back to the C5. That's the 97 Mm -hmm, to 04 mm -hmm. generation. There's lots of them out there, even C6s for under $25,000. There's C5s under 20 Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. low miles because they're garage queens and they've been babied and haven't been driven. You got yourself a V8, a great fun to drive sports car, and you haven't spent... All your money
1: yet. Fair. You're getting him a truck as well, aren't you?
0: I'm getting you a truck. Look at you. We're getting a different truck. The Ridgeline line
1: goes away. Who okay. wants to buy
0: a terrible ridgeline? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Anybody?
1: We're solving problems now. Can why we sell you a terrible car right this way, why sir? Are the, uh-huh.
0: Why I only hear crickets. I don't get it. Everyone, this this ridgeline. You don't understand. It's an 07. It's such a great No, it's not. <laughs> I went looking, autotempest.com slash every day. There's plenty of Chevy Silverados because, scrolling back up, you said no Fords. Jordan's Mm -hmm. had terrible ownership experiences with the last several that they have owned. No Fords. Let's go shop for Chevy Silverados. Under $15,000. Spend twelve. dollars If it's only a weekend truck that's a beat around, you tow stuff and you haul stuff, get yourself a half ton, Mm. and you've got a Silverado. A Chevy. It's a Chevy truck. True. You can get somebody to work on your Chevy truck and it's not going to sit there and drain your bank account with other little things that need work. The ridgeline goes away. However much you can get, it goes to the down payment or all the way towards that Chevy Silverado. Meanwhile, you're shopping vets and you could spend 20K. I also had BMW Z4s because you got an inexpensive one. Yes, I did. Expensive ones are 15 grand and they're still great. Yeah, yeah, yeah and our friend who's a friend of the show mm-hmm. he got that Z3 that we mm-hmm. bought yeah he's right in the midwest of the united states or the middle east i can never tell <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's go with midwest. midwest middle east is much more controversial Fine. yes
0: uh-huh and he still drives that Z3 so I much it's so awesome. I love it. he drives it all year long mm-hmm. and he said if the engine goes he doesn't care because
1: engines replacement engines for that thing are 1200 bucks. so he is not concerned <laughs> this is the Z3 that we bought for our $8,000 car shoot and at the time yes. it was just under $5,000 and running yes. but questionable in Vegas apparently that's a trend we like to buy things that are running but <laughs> we, questionable in Vegas we, and then he took it and uh, and has made it his daily and we love that And, and it's I, his daily mm, it's yeah. his autocross yes. the driver's seat has
0: gone away that's in our racing bucket it. Of course it is, yeah. And I think he put some crazy wide tires on it for autocrossing, probably. And I think uh, he replaced part of the dash, but the fuel gauge still doesn't work, and I think the <laughs> speedometer still doesn't work. But who cares? He said the car runs great. Oh, and he did the suspension, so okay, it's, yeah. it rides great. I'm it drives sure it great. Does, yeah. Everyone asks him about it. He paid less than five k. Yeah. He's got the story behind oh, it. Oh yeah, for sure. He drives it all the time. He sold his other cars. He sold another BMW and a hot sports car. Sold, gone. He's mm-hmm. like, this is my car.
1: Okay. Under five k. It's hard to argue once you hear all that. <laughs> so
0: you could consider a Z3 just to beat on. Sure. Because yeah. let's say your engine goes, 1200 bucks, man, new engine, you got a new car. Yeah. That's my all right. recipe for you. But I do like the Corvette idea because- well, and- Yourself a vet, then you could have a Chevy Silverado and a Corvette, Chevy engines all the you way could. around. Two V8s. My
1: only concern about the Silverado idea is I wonder about a cheap other pickup if you end up spending as much chasing gremlins as you would if you kept the original line. That's my and I don't know. Maybe, maybe the ridge line is, is, is starting a descent right now, but at least it's a known commodity. <laughs> descent into what? <laughs> uh, descent into financial madness, that descent. But we'll see. Who knows? The, the good thoughts here.
0: Just think, Jordan. Instead of just one V8 back in your life, you could have two. You could have two. Two, two. for twice the price. What's the issue? Mike C. writes to us mm-hmm. as a longtime listener and viewer. Mike, thank you for writing. We don't quite know where you're located. I don't think you mentioned in your email, but that's OK. He says thanks to us and our Z06 for Everyone video that he's mm-hmm. watched about 20 times.
1: Good. Thank you. We need we need wow. those views for sure. <laughs> yeah, thank I you, would appreciate Mike. it. Yes, for sure.
0: He bought a 2002 Z06 in 2019. He's made some modifications to it making it a crisp analog and well-balanced sports
1: car. C5 06 is truly t- to this day he said an undervalued gem. We drove it in that piece. We had the the C5, C6, and C7 Z06s back to back. It was it was uh, they were red, white, and blue, just a fully America that that piece. It was great. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It actually originally played on Motor Train. It plays on YouTube pretty well now. And you know what? You're right. That C5 Z06, it, it struggles with a styling that not everybody loves, and it struggles with an interior that I think no one likes. But at the same time, it's so good to drive
0: everybody just overlooks the interior. Just keep yeah, your eyes on the just, road just and you don't have to look at the interior. interior. It feels
1: great. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh-huh. Well, Mike also owns a 2021 C8 Z51, just like our show car. Record scratch. Sebring okay. orange, fully loaded. He loves it. What a machine. Mm-hmm. He's also on the list for a C8 Z06. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay. Which he would then trade in his Stingray for. So, okay, hang on. We have analog. <laughs> we, have, we have we have old, and I don't mean this as an insult, but we have... Old, 20-year-old C5 Z06. Yeah, yeah. We have essentially brand-new C8, not Z06, right. which means that one is not the analog-focused beast. That is the current one with the great dual-clutch and right. the fantastic GT car. And now he's on the list for the super-nutty Z06. So he could have in his garage, theoretically, a C5 super analog Underappreciated version of the Vette and the new hypercar killer Z06. That's where he's headed. Which means you're gonna to have to fill in
0: the gaps with a C6 and a C7 Z06.
1: <laughs> you understand this? If you're gonna to have to do it, you've got the bookends. You're gonna to have to fill in all the
0: gaps. And in the then middle.
1: he has to buy that little plate that says Corvette only parking. <laughs> yes, with the little with can the flag s- V on it. Can you uh-huh.
0: get a giant poster uh, mounted on some foam core no. and set it out at the car show on an easel?
1: Please, please don't.
0: <laughs> Mike has. Uh, Noticed the second generation Acura NSX they've Mm. caught his eye. Okay Mike I didn't know this, but you said only 3,000 were made
1: Several of which went to Europe. This was not a high-selling car. They were all built here. That's it They were all built here. They didn't sell very many. They didn't do that. Well, which they have kind of an accidentally rare car Yeah, but they weren't accidentally great true (laughs)
0: accidentally rare and accidentally great are two different things as we've
1: said before look i i think i truly think and i want to come back to to actually my full review of the new nsx but or the current nsx but the the thing is i really do think that what the car enthusiast world wanted the second gen 86 i mean nsx to be is what the amira is yes because the original nsx was the at least on paper underpowered surprisingly usable, very analog sports car supercar. The first gen. You're the t- first yeah, gen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Amira Ferrari killer too. E- exactly. Because you could drive it every day. Yeah. And the Amira is kind of that. Yeah. And the latest NSX is look at all the technology we packed into this. Dual clutch only, all wheel drive. If that had come out with a different name, I think right there more people would have liked it.
0: I think it also came out too soon. It, it's before it's time because mm, what if it came mm, out now fair it would look slightly different and it it looks decent yeah but i think it would have the potential to look better and have newer technology that's even better than that is and mm. probably would drive better i think yeah. it's too soon they, they interesting. But interesting the problem is okay. it, they they teased everybody for like a decade like yeah. the new yeah. NSX is coming don't tell us just <laughs> don't tell us <laughs> surprise us with this thing whip the sheet off that's when everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you were working on it all along. That's great. So these have caught his eye, <laughs> despite
1: us kind of tragic. No, no right? but th- there's there's good things here for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, he says he's toying with the idea of bypassing the Z06 and trading or selling his C8 for an NSX for the rarity and perhaps rise in value over time. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, Mike is a big believer that unloved rare sports cars, when they debuted, became highly sought after, like the 0405 Ford GTs. Okay, all right. So what are our thoughts, observations, and advice in this situation? Because his budget is one hundred and twenty to $130,000, so at most the Type S is out of the question, but what if he got one of these two cars? What if he got the Z06? What if he stuck without? Mm-hmm. What if he got the NSX? Mm-hmm. But this sentence, this little thing where you said rise in value over time was the Big thing that caught my eye in your email, Mike. Okay. It's the standout thing of the entire reason to not buy a car ever. I agree. Don't buy a car because of potential or Mm -hmm. perceived or future rise in value Mm -hmm. because you'll never drive it. Yeah. You won't drive it at all. Mm -hmm. It'll sit. Well, I can't put miles on it because of the rise in value that I think or maybe is coming. Mm Mm-hmm. If you want to get something that might rise in value, get yourself a year 2000 Lotus Esprit V8 twin turbo. That might still go up. Uh-huh. You want something that'll go up even more, get yourself a Ferrari 360 Modena 6-speed manual. Yeah. Those yeah. have gone up. Mm. Or a 550 Marinello, the 6-speed. Mm. Or a BMW 1M or an yeah. E46 1M. M3 yep, or an, an M5. Sure. But then you'll never drive You're not going to drive them at all. Pinnacle cars yes. that you yes. won't drive. And Mike, I hate to say it, I don't think those NSX's are going up. At all, not for at least another twenty years. Well, and who's nobody bought them now?
1: Well, but the ones that are likely to go up are going to be the plastic wrap ones with that have never been used, that are type S again, haven't been driven. Yeah, I, Mike, I, I want to I want to echo this that Paul's saying, and that is you you can't. You, you please, all of you listening, you can't buy something because you hope it will go up in value. Because now every time you think about using it, it is just, am I depreciating my asset? Like, I can't drive. This. And actually, I, recently, uh, Matt Farrett did a podcast where they talked about uh, they did a, they, like they were guessing off of a sheet that they had about how much cars had gone up in value mm. over time. And they concluded that they didn't go up enough to offset the fact that you never drove them. Ooh. I mean you, you, so this is Telling. the thing we all we all think that if we don't drive it it'll go up in value but honestly if you want to have something you're not interacting with it'll go up in value buy art Buy art. Yeah. Just, just yeah. art. Just sits on your wall. You never have to do anything, but it just sits on your... Put it in a safety deposit box because you don't have to interact with it. Just buy something that there's... That its purpose for being is not to be interacted with.
0: It's some sort of NFT for Let it. 60, don't do
1: that. Let something you don't use go up in value. That is a much better use of investment money, so don't buy for that reason. But I think what helps you, Mike, decide Z06 or NSX depends entirely on on how you're going to use it. Absolutely. And I think, yes. Mike, the key thing for me is I want you to use it, which is, again, why we're both saying don't buy because it might go up in value. I love your C5-Z06. They are wonderful. And you said you've, you've done things to it to make it feel like the ultimate analog car, which is great, which tells me that you're a man on the list for a world-killing C8-Z06 who is not going to take it to the track
0: a world warping C806 that will, will bend the earth to its seriously. will.
1: What, what you're suggesting to me is you're going to potentially have a C806 that you will not be tracking.
0: Yeah, because what if a rock ding happens or what if the So puts honestly, miles on it?
1: at that point, I think it is, it's so crazy and track. It's, it's like the GT3 RS from Porsche. It's so crazy and focused and track ready. It doesn't mean it's not fun, but this is not a car I want to go get groceries in. It's not a car I want to just do errands in. It's a car that, honestly, you're holding it back doing the daily stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? Which means you're probably not going to drive it. And if you're not going to track it, why do you have it? However, However, I think these are all reasons why the NSX might make more sense for you, Mike. Because you have your super analog, you could track it, manual transmission C5... You're talking about maybe getting a C8 that it doesn't sound like you're going to track. I think if you got a second gen NSX, you might actually use it a lot. You think so? I think the potential, if, if, if you can give up the, I want this to go up in value. Can you, Mike? I can don't know. Can you give that up? Because they are incredibly simple to drive. They are very rare. I saw them at Cars and Coffee this past weekend. My son just stopped and looked at it and was like, Dad, these are cool. I was like, yeah, they look amazing. In orange, they look really cool. It's a Honda product inside and out which makes it very, very easy to use. It is the opposite of something, follow me all the way. It's the opposite of something like a Countach. A Countach is amazing to see, to see moving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in it, you're, you're making an effort to be in it. Okay. You're welcome, everyone be who's cool, looking at my car. But, but the, yeah. the, the NSX is the opposite. Yeah. People like to see them because they never see them. They're like, what is that? That's a spaceship. That's really cool. And you're inside going perfectly happy and comfortable. got everything I ever need. Everything works. It's a Honda. It's a, This is a car that, Mike, whatever you're doing today, take the NSX. Just take it. The place where that really falls down, having driven one and having driven one on track, is the NSX should drive better at the limit, and it doesn't. It understeers. The understeer that some people say the C8 has is what's in the NSX. But I'm talking about track driving, which you're not talking about doing. For daily use, Mm. let me put it to you another way. I think if you went to just run errands in the NSX or the Z06, you would have been much happier to have the NSX and much more likely to take it. Sure, which is when
0: the... the whole point of NSX is from the beginning. Yes. You can putter around in this thing.
1: I think you would. I think for you, it mm. might be the perfect car if you can buy it and please drive it and don't worry about, is it going up in value? That's really good. I admit to not have driven
0: the NSX. I would like to, but they're not compelling to me at the prices they're at. They're only compelling at like 60 grand. Mm. Then that makes it interesting. Will they ever reach 60 grand? Uh, hard to say. They're, and they're so few production numbers, but few production numbers do not always translate to this is going to go up in value. I don't
1: think it's but that's not the reason I get because it. Because
0: I think you can do so much better for your money and I feel like you want something to I want you to want something that you want to drive. But on the other hand, you already have your C5 uh-huh. that you do drive, mm-hmm. sounds like, and you thrash and maybe if you do track days you can in that car. So first of all the question is why not sell that C506? Mm. and then get the next thing Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. on one hand your budget goes up but on the other hand we're running into the price of fun which is the film that todd and i just explored that will be out in six weeks or so just about yeah and this is the question just because you spent more doesn't necessarily mean you're having more fun because yikes insurance costs went up the cost of the car please don't hit my car touch my car i have to park it somewhere paint ding Mm -hmm. (gasps) Mm -hmm. insurance and maintenance and storage and Tires and oh my gosh, on and on. So what if you got something cheaper to drive, but you already have that? Mm. So I'm asking you, why are we considering this unless you get one of these rare things and you you have to drive? So if you do get either of those, but yet on the other hand, I have now talked or heard about three people so far, you included, that are using the C8 Z06 as a stepping stone car, when in fact that is a penultimate, that is the. The mm, pinnacle of car. cars. Yeah. Why are you using that as the, the stepping stone to get into a Lamborghini or for why mm. it can beat those cars at a less a lower price. Sure. Why would you move on from there to a more finicky, more expensive, more fragile? you could get it. Mm. It's a weird yeah. thing with the Z06s. People are yeah. charging exorbitant prices, but they're using that as I'm going to use the money from this to get a blank car. Sure. Why? You already have the car that is. Incredible performance.
1: Sure. sure. Well, and I also, what's above that? I struggle with the Z06 being a car people are going to buy, not drive, and try to keep it because it's an investment. That that will happen. It's already happening. It's crying out to be driven, and it's crying out to be driven hard, which is probably how it won't be used. And I'm sitting here going, we were talking earlier about the Honda designers beating their heads against the wall mm-hmm. because they were ahead on the ridge line. This is the engineers and dynamics guys for the Z06 going. We built you the ultimate hypercar killer, and you mm-hmm. parked it in your barn mm-hmm. to bring it out in 20 years of plastic on the seats and talk about look at me, I didn't drive this, which by the way is not a badge of honor. <laughs> Agreed. None of us are impressed that you didn't drive your cool car. <laughs> Exactly. No medals,
0: no medals at all. <laughs> no awards or stars. So my question is, what have you driven besides those two? You've driven the String- Stingray. So imagine, uh, you know, a flat plane crank with a couple hundred more horsepower. In this imagine year. more, just <laughs> more. more. Mm-hmm. I think you might be disappointed by the NSX because the Stingray is already a 500 horsepower car and it's already really great. It is, yeah. What about Caymans? What about Carrera S's? Porsches just hold their value. If you want something that is going to hold its value, how about a Porsche? <sighs> yeah, True. They're less money. How about an M2? How about the new M2? It's so
1: ugly, you're going to want to go thrash it. (laughs) Will those go up in value because people won't buy them and then in 20 years they're going to be like, that's pretty. Probably. Style has changed so much that that's attractive now. Maybe. so unattractive to your eye. You're Mm. like, I just have to drive you. You're (laughs)
0: so ugly. Let's go for a drive. I'm going to drive you through gravel. Interesting. I don't know. I beat up on this car
1: and you know what? I'm fine with it.
0: (laughs) Or maybe a prior M2 CS. Those are great. Mm. How about a Toyota GR Supra? A third of what you're looking for, maybe half,
1: mm. not quite mm.
0: half, spend less money. And now, ooh, GR Supra, now it's manual, turbochar, really drive that thing, go thrash that thing. Interesting. But then why do you still have the Corvette? How about a Mercedes AMG GT? The new one just was introduced. I really do like it, but it's really heavy.
1: It's big, yeah. How
0: about the prior gen, sell your Corvette, get the Mercedes, drive it all the time. And you'll probably have some money left over for some sort of investment. We are not financial advisors, by we the way. We are not.
1: We are bad at it. We're, We're very, very, very bad, bad at it. Yes. Because here,
0: mm-hmm. I well, now I'm being good because I'm telling you not to spend all of your money and talk to an actual financial advisor
1: who mm-hmm. actually is mm-hmm. accredited and has passed their Series Seven <laughs> and, and knows something about a proper investment, <laughs> yes. which is which is rarely cars. I hate to say it, but it's rarely cars.
0: Whatever you get, ultimately, Mike, I want you to drive it. I want mm-hmm. you to it, mm-hmm. it to be in the same category at a higher price level as that Corvette that you've got well you've got two never mind (laughs) dang it the first one Corvette parking only buddy (laughs) the C5 that you've got you'll probably not hesitate at all to drive it I hope not what is the more expensive version that you will drive because I don't think it's the Z06 because you'll Oh, I, I got to hang on to value so I can flip it for. I don't think it gets driven a Lamborghini. Yeah. Why? Why? I don't think the Z06 gets driven here. I don't think it does either. Because he'll be like, "Well, I already got a Z06, bet, and it's already pretty fast and quick, and I'll just go drive that instead."
1: Well, but I also, I keep coming back to this. I also cannot imagine using the Z06 Corvette as a random daily. Which one? <laughs> the, the C8. The, yeah, the C8. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just yeah. the one that you have, the one the show has, is perfect as a daily. Yeah. So you yeah. get the more fine-tuned, more aggressive Z06, exactly, Z, which I'm sure is great, Z06. Z06 version, and you then take that to the store. And I just think you're going to get out and be like, what am I doing? What
0: am I doing? And everybody watching you is like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking <laughs> that
1: too. Yeah, for sure. Investment
0: vehicles, I think, are a, a different category. And if you do have the means, great. That's what auctions are predicated on. That's yeah. what all the auctions exist
1: You can buy a husk of Ferrari for millions of for dollars. just under $2 million. Uh-huh. Do you, do, do we th- Sorry, just side note. Just under $2 do million. Do we think that husk of Ferrari is going to return to Pebble Beach as a full, pristine car and yep. sell for like $20 million?
0: Yes. It's got the racing provenance. It's got the history. It's a burned-up crisp yes, it is. of an old Ferrari.
1: I don't have a better term than husk. It's it is a great. husk of a Ferrari. I mean, and, and here's, I, I've actually been, not really, but financial advisor me, right? I've been thinking <laughs> about the money on this. Because if you spend $2 million on the husk, what's the restoration going to cost to take that thing and straighten it and make it into a working Ferrari with a VIN number with racing provenance or a chassis number with racing provenance? What's that going to cost you? $10 million? Oh, sure. $15 million? Yep. yep. So... Yep. C- Somebody's doing the math. Somebody has the money, clearly, because they paid two million dollars for a rusted husk. And I'm sorry, that's also a band name. That they are they are a fantastic folk band. That's who they are. It's going to be great. (laughs) Their singles are amazing. Anyway, no, uh, the banjo solo is awesome. (laughs) Moving on, I do wonder what the total cost in is, and can they make it back at Pebble Beach selling it? all in are they there in? will
0: be a reserve on it
1: are they in for 20 are they in for 20 million two to buy the husk and 18 to restore it but you get to can put they, a photo of the husk uh, on your foam core you board can. on
0: the easel out front oh, here's the picture of where we started look how much what money will do to, to make and it look the, like this and the
1: it's no money auctioneer will be talking yes, about the restoration Charlie. and there'll be 40,000 photos that flip by and somebody with more paddle than sense <laughs> is going to go oh all that buy that for 30 million And that'll go in my barn and I'll have people over and we'll stand around drinking something and we'll (laughs) stand around and I'll show you the photos of what it looked like. And now that I bought it for way too much money and parked it on the back of my yacht, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's (laughs) yacht parking
0: craned onto my yacht. We're off into the
1: weeds. We are, but it's fun.
0: I like all of these suggestions as driver's cars, Mike, and you could tell us we're completely off base and completely wrong. And that is totally Okay. I see those four GTs like you mentioned. I want people to drive those. Mm -hmm. I want you to get out and drive them and and have a purpose for driving them. Go take them to events. Take them driving for no reason at all. It's like having a party. Your friend's over for no reason at all. We're just celebrating summer. Come over and have drinks. Yep. Let's have drinks and just hang out and talk about whatever. I don't care. Drive your car for no reason (laughs) at all and get it away from the crowd. It's not to show off. It's for you. Mm, So what car on the list of anything in the 120 to $130,000 category, which is probably more because. I think you're selling the C8. Do we add that C8 value? Does that go up to 200 now? Uh, no, Added I think I, I think that's part.
1: What What I'm okay. hearing is he can probably double what the actual C8 is worth, the one he's selling. So let's say he sells his C8 for 70 to 80, he can add 70 to 80, and he could get into a Z06 or an NSX for roughly that. So we're amount. spending
0: like two or three vet coins. We are yes on uh, on this two two it's, C8 it's monetary my new units. Crypto. Yes, You better believe I'm it. Doing it. Invest in my crypto.
1: As always, guys, you're fantastic with questions on social media. We appreciate you writing in with those. I do want to remind you that we do take questions on all the social media channels on Mondays and Thursdays for our podcast. Tuesdays and Fridays. If you have an actual car debate or a topic Tuesday, we'd love for that to come into the email. EverydayDriverTV at Gmail or the contact button on our website are the best ways to reach out. I'm going to start down here with the $8,000 sports car question from Nick on Instagram says, if you're hunting for a sub $8,000 sports car and none of the ones in your local area are quite what you're looking for, how much sense does it make to spend additional cost and time searching outside your local area? He said, specifically, once you're paying for a remote uh, pre-purchase inspection, shipping, or a flight, he feels like all of a sudden you've made your $8,000 car a $10,000 car. And does that make any sense? Nick, I think you need to leave yourself this wiggle room to shop outside of your area. And I'll give you, I have, I have two, we've done this a lot. I have two circles for my searches on Auto Tempest. And the first circle is anything under 700 miles because that's a day. I can fly there one way and I can drive mm. back mm. in one day. It's a long day. But I, I don't have to have overnight costs. It's just me and gas and time and some meals. And I eat terribly on the road, so those are cheap. Seven hundred miles is my outer circle. But you'd be amazed how many more options show up if you search with between, between five and seven hundred miles out from you. And a pre purchase inspection is gonna cost you the same. Whether it's down n- the block. No
0: inspection won't cost you a thing. That's true. Don't Just do that. Just flying and buy But
1: we've done that. Our, all of our $8,000 cars were that Save way. Save like money. Yeah. yeah. It, in fact, I thought about this the other day. This is really <laughs> random. But I thought I'm about, feeling lucky. <laughs> I thought about this the other day. When we bought my Z4 for the show, okay, we flew into Phoenix and we met the current owner. <laughs> yes. And between where we met him and the bank where we finished the transaction, I didn't even drive it. <laughs> he said, do you want to drive it? I said, No. He not drove really. it. I drove it the. Pa- I rode the passenger anyway. seat, and I just talked to him about it. The whole. I didn't even drive it, and it turned out to be perfectly. It was reliable. fine. Yeah. So it I was do, all. Pl- fine. Please, please, Nick, do not do as we as we've done. Just do as we say. But but they, that's that's part of the joke for us. But I've done a few remote pre-purchase inspections, and they're no big deal. You can get somebody to drive to a place to do it. You pay the money, and and they send you the the inspection stuff, so that's no big deal. Now you're doing a one-way flight. You're driving back in a day. That's the easy way to go. Beyond that, you're talking a nationwide search, and you're right. Your costs quickly escalate. Try not to do that, but I think look at a little bit.
0: Mr. McGillicuddy on Instagram asks, when the prevalence of manufacturers putting large contact patch tires on performance cars, cars will drop off or end? It's a rabbit hole. They've all gone down. Weight goes up. Power must go up too. Thus, in order for performance to go up, the tire grows in size exponentially. Mm. Performance tires to hit that manufacturer listed number are low tread life and insanely expensive for these cars. Mr. McGillicuddy, this isn't just limited to sports cars. Mm -hmm. Have you checked the tires on the back of the BMW XM? Mm-hmm. Have you looked at those things? That's a $165,000 SUV masquerading. that It thinks it's
1: a sports car. Every yeah. every morning it wakes up and they're like, I, I'm a sports car. Well, the GLS AMG is the same kind of thing. Yes. What is that doing? My my wife's new e-hybrid Cayenne, oh, yeah. 2017. How are tires has <laughs> doing? 295 millimeter tires on all four corners and they're 21s. So I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> the last Cayenne was fired with 18s that mm-hmm. were like
0: 265s. What are we doing? Performance has to go up. Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't think it ends at all well for sports cars i think there's going to be not a reckoning but more of a balance because manufacturers are going to embrace new technologies we'll see what the Mm. weight of future sports cars will be but sports cars are not going away in any form humans fascination with speed and lightweight and fun Mm. driving Mm. there will always be people that discover this people will retire from car companies new people will be employed and people will fall in love with the way lightweight sports cars drive and then what can be done from a business standpoint because we want to make money selling these but also we want them to be lightweight we want them to drive well what if there's a racing program to support what if it's homologated what if all these questions so sports cars I don't think are ever going away it's just what do they look like in the future so that means still tire technology will change it will have Mm -hmm, to balance mm -hmm. it will have to incorporate heavier weight initially for anything that is electrified but there will still be gas power. There will still be gas-powered sports cars available to choose from, and yeah, you want a little bit more width. Yeah, you might want to do a little bit of a tire upgrade, but still, just the way it's designed, like a GR86, still fun.
1: Agreed. I also think, Mr. McGillicuddy, this is this the the equation is the reverse of how it first appears. I actually think that the tires are a result of what the manufacturers have done everywhere else because the easiest thing to sell to the general public of this version versus the last version of car x i don't even care what car it is—is it is it is more powerful it is roomier it has more tech so that means it has more weight to try to control more weight in general because of all the tech and oh my gosh look at all the power and so some engineer looks at that and goes Do you realize the kind of tire we've got to have to contain all that? Do you want that to corner? (laughs) It has to be 345s in the front. It's a a (laughs) 4,000-pound, 1,000-horsepower car. What are you doing to me? i got to call Michelin, and I have to beat on our poor Michelin contact Uh to figure out a tire that can cope with that. Uh And this is the other— Special development. We'll pass those costs right along to the Seriously, this is the other reality of electric cars, because Mm. the electric cars that are designed to just be commute pods— are also crazy powerful and very quick. Yes. So they have to then yes. cope with what would have been little tiny tires, but they gotta be bigger because they're so much heavier and they've got so much more power. So this all rolls. It requires somebody to decide, you know what that number, that's that's enough power. It's uh, just a line of code. Let's just cut what, it off yeah. right there. But I'll give you the only modern example I can think of and that is going from the third gen to the fourth gen Mazda MX-5 Miata. Okay somebody had to decide guys we're going smaller that was a choice it's going to weigh less it's going to be smaller and as a result that plays into everything the power doesn't have to be as big the tires don't have to be as big somebody has to decide decide that you know what let's let's pick our market here our market is not people that need bigger more tech heavier more luxury Our target is a Mazda Miata owner. Mm -hmm. Let's make that car. Mm -hmm. We've got to have decisions like that that will allow us to do this. And that's one of the reasons you brought up the 86, that the 86 doesn't have very wide tires from the factory. And it's also not very heavy. Yeah. Because they weren't trying to make a five-seat SUV. They said, you know what we should do? Sports car. Sports cars. And maybe, like you've talked
0: about, all those future sports cars don't have all the power. They shouldn't. They don't need to. That's not what makes them fun. They don't have all the weight either. Mm -hmm. It's the trucks and the SUVs like the BMW XM that can rocket off into the sunset. Give that to them. And it needs the wider, heavier tires Mm -hmm. to support the vehicle. And then the sports cars, they use the smaller wheels and tires. They use not as wide tires in the back. Maybe there's still cool staggered fitment, but sure. Smaller, lighter. And that's the fun of sports cars. Maybe that is the great Mm -hmm. divide. We keep identifying this and I still maintain that it's coming. Speaking more of tires, over on Facebook, Alec Vando is getting serious uh, having winter tires on his daily. An 08 Prius with a quarter million miles.
1: <laughs> okay. All
0: right. He says, don't worry. The good car is an ND Miata. He does have good taste.
1: We are tuning a Prius right now, so it's all relevant. But anyway, yeah, going on. He
0: says he's got Acapulita 10s Ooh. studded Wow. He says this is probably the most aggressive passenger winter tire you can buy. Yes, it is. Wow. He's moving to Pittsburgh this winter. It's even more hilly than where he lives in Vermont. The problem is ice, not snow, but mm-hmm. ice in mm-hmm. steep city streets combined this with is, mm. the, the fact that Toyota has a very not great track and traction control system.
1: This is the reason you personally do need studs. Most people don't, but hills and ice, that is a recipe for studded tires.
0: This traction control system triggers at hard and medium launches and during bumps it limits the system so much he's actually slowed down traffic when he's trying to merge but being defeated by the TCS when it detects slip, he says he's frankly scared of driving in the snow with this car and he's taken front wheel drive 90s compacts through mountain passes in the middle of a Vermont snowstorm. He's still scared because of the TCS. He's not driven a Prius in snow before. Is his fear unfounded? Should he find a way to manually turn off the TCS? and keep it that way all winter, the Mm. forums he has checked, they say, don't do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's very few forums that you're like, you know what you should do? Just turn all that off. (laughs) That's not a common thing, yeah.
0: His driving experience says, do it. I'm wondering why the reasons are given in the forums. Because Alec, it sounds like you've got the experience to be able to handle the car and knowing what it's like to drive on Mm. ice. Mm. Knowing what your tires can do and the capabilities, but you've got TCS off sounds like a, a better way to go to me, despite what the forums say.
1: Well, that's the thing is that traction control is generally the enemy of winter driving. It almost always is. Yes. I feel like it really. You're yeah. in,
0: you're actually less control, but it's designed for the lowest common denominator of driver. For sure it is. I mean yeah. To say it, yeah, who just sure. stomps and doesn't know which way to turn or isn't you know familiar with what the dynamics of a car do. Mm. You do. You've been up, up and down mm. hills and crazy snow. So I'm saying if you can, but then there's the finding a way to manually turn it off and keep it off all yeah. the That's the issue.
1: That sounds like you're pulling but, a fuse. Anyway. Joink.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> John's writing in on Facebook. He said he's think, of, think, of, think about this for a second. He's thinking of selling his fourth gen RX-7, the FD, the one everybody loves from the 90s. He's thinking of selling it after owning it for 10 years. He said, what's his next step up from there? He loves the driving dynamics and the uniqueness, the rarity of that FD RX-7, right? very rare. We drove one, and it was very impressive to drive, and I was also very happy to give it back running. His limiter is $35,000, and he's, he says, assuming he can get that for selling it. You know what? Sorry, this just reminds me. I was at Cars & Coffee this past weekend. There was a black Supra there. I didn't even tell you this. I've got a photo of it. There was a black Supra there Hmm. with the hood up because, of course, he'd done lots of things to his 2JZ, and he had a for-sale sign, handwritten for-sale sign in the window, so I had to go over. I took a photo. It was the year. It said 1,000 horsepower at the wheels and a price. You want to guess? Black 2JZ claiming 1,000 horsepower at the wheels. There was definitely a lot of custom stuff in the engine, but, of course, you don't know looking at the sign.
0: The hood wasn't up.
1: The hood was up. Well, the hood was up. No, you can tell. There's okay. a lot of custom stuff okay. under the engine, but of course, it just says it does thousand okay. wheel horsepower. I have no idea. Thousand wheel horsepower, which is the, but that's the magic number, though. That's the magic number for your and super. And the interior 1, was fine. And it was fine. Yeah. What was the mileage? I don't even. Know. I don't even remember. I've got it on the photo. But <clears throat> you ready for the number? No. One hundred and ten. No. They wanted a hundred and ten no. for it. No. Anyway, so uh, you, yes, hopefully you can get thirty-five thousand dollars for your RX Seven. Who knows? But you're looking for similar dynamics, uniqueness, rarity. I have a few, and they vary. One I thought of is two-liter turbo Supra. Interesting one to go to from the RX Seven. Now, granted, that's not a manual, but that's I like one. that a lot.
0: I was thinking Supra too. That's yeah. a nice so that's, next that's step. that's one
1: you could get to for for your budget. Of course, you could get a GR86. I think that car would really surprise you after the RX-7. A GR86 brand new is an option. A Miata RF is an option because that's where you get the rarity out of that one. Okay? If you buy just a Miata, it doesn't seem as rare, but the RF does seem rare. And then maybe Lotus Elise for thirty-five grand. That gets you uniqueness, good dynamics, that kind of stuff, Yeah, that's quirky good. stuff. You could get any of those four are options for you, John. Hopefully, you can drive those and see what you like. Ted The Logan's 40th
0: birthday is coming up. I saw this. I have thoughts on this. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> and Ted writes he's got access to an empty cornfield and a tractor.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I didn't read further than that when I just thought, send it. Oh wait, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> We're building a jump. We're building something to jump. That's happening.
0: Should he carve a rally course and buy a cheap car and do time trials with friends for a weekend? Not a weekend. Why limit yourself to a weekend? Well, if you carved the field, you, you carved have the, the Crown field. Vic. Why aren't you coming back next <laughs> exactly. weekend? Yeah. Should he do a Crown Vic, a 90s manual pickup? No, no. Start okay. your own Subaru Brat series. They're still cheap enough where you can buy a bunch of brats, all your friends, <laughs> you can have the brats over. <laughs> jumping the brats.
1: Uh, the brat brigade. Yes. Uh, Ted, I have a I have an alternate thought on this. And 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 I'm gonna get I'm gonna sound like a financial advisor when I say this, but what is the cost to you and your friends for this? just uh, sit down and kind of napkin math it out. What is the cost to you to buy this quote-unquote cheap car and for your friends to do the same and for you to do this? Cost in both the loss of time for you carving up that field and buying these cheap cars that you're probably going to then wreck and then you're going to have to get rid of said cheap cars. My point is, once you get that number, what other car-based thing could you and your friends go do for the same amount of cash? Hmm. Could you do porsche experience center could Hmm, you do that's good uh an actual racing weekend could you do lemons i i don't know but my point is if you're wanting to do something car based and kind of nutty with your buddies for your birthday what's the total cost and what's the other things that are possible i you know what i like the crown vic in a cornfield that's funny it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Please turn but on the cameras. I, yeah, for sure. But I think there may be other options because what I'm wondering about is if that idea ends up costing a lot more money and time than you think to get it to a place where you're like, okay, now we're ready.
0: Well, that's an interesting thought. What if they flew to Atlanta or LA I had that well, Porsche experience? Well, but
1: I'll, but I'll go, you know, mm. what, if, what if you did fly to LA mm. and you just rented a bunch of cars on Turo and you spent a couple days just driving the LA canyons? Or you come to well, Colorado and you do it. Or you come to Utah and you do it. And and, and so it's not your cars, but they're fun cars. You just did great roads for a few days and hung out with your buddies. What about that? I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but I'm wondering. I mean, Bratz in a cornfield
0: is still really fun to me. Funny. yeah. But you will have to buy some helmets. Please <laughs> if You decide to and, go that route. And
1: no one sits in the back because it's a rally course. I know the that there's seats, seats back there, the, the, and the back. jump seats, but you Yeah. Terrifying. Helmets,
0: helmets for everyone, mm. just in case. But no, I like that
1: idea a lot. D Miller 45 took one look at that uh, thank you for the all the many names on that 392 Wrangler for all of the colors. And en- Enviro Mint was one of my personal favorites. Melanie was, Browning wins was for really Environment. Enviro Mint was excellent. But DR Miller forty five says, hang on, given my wife's he's talking to my wife, given my wife's love of Wranglers, what is her opinion of the 392? And also, will she ever do another episode of the podcast? I think she probably will because she thoroughly enjoyed that. We've talked about her being on again. But um, she does love Wranglers. And so I had her in this. And what was funny is the 392, we have a great piece coming up on it. It is ridiculous.
0: We sort of sent it.
1: It's also fantastic. It is is equal parts ridiculous (laughs) and fantastic. That engine does not really belong in that car. And yet at the same time, you drive it and you just kind of think, this is the only engine that should come with. My wife we we had the exhaust turned on and I don't think she realized you can turn the exhaust off and make it quieter. Now there's an interesting thing Why that would goes you make on. It quieter? Well here's the thing there's a couple things that goes on. She thought the exhaust was obnoxious and she's not wrong it is obnoxious. But the thing is the reason you turn the exhaust on, because if you turn it off and you don't hear the engine all the time, all you hear is wind noise. Yeah. And tire noise. Like yeah. lots of it. Yeah. But it reminded her why she's a Wrangler girl. The stuff about the dynamics that I don't like in a Wrangler are all the things she likes. She was like, this feels amazing. I like being up high. She likes the big knobby tires, the whole the whole feel. She did say, much to her credit, she was like, this is awesome. I don't need this engine. Hmm. Of course, I drove it and thought, why would you get any other engine? <laughs> so it's all relative. Other yeah.
0: engines exist? Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Write to us with all your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and your car debates. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com. And we love your social media interaction as well. Lots of fun stuff coming. The uh, first... Road trip for uh, for the season. When is that uh, we, That's coming? actually
1: dropping on, it was going to be Labor Day, but you know what? That piece is going to be so huge and so cool we've pushed it back a bit. That's going to be Sunday, September the 10th. We would love for you to watch it on that Sunday. I'm giving you lots of notice because that'll be a sit down with the family and watch a cool piece coming Sunday, September the 10th. We have our Price of Fun coming after that. We hope you've watched our Prius piece, but I promise you this road trip is going to be nutty. <laughs> Guys,
0: thank you for all your questions, thoughts, comments. We really appreciate it. We're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.